Well, hello to all on this Wednesday afternoon. I wanted to come and uh, share a few things with you about our previous Sunday's uh, service as we had some issues that came up. And also maybe try to demonstrate or help you see some of the things that I shared in the first part of the sermon, which was not broadcast and, not, and so therefore not recorded. Uh, unfortunately, we had an internet modem problem through Suddenlink, and uh, that modem had to be uh, reset, uh, so we were only able to broadcast and uh, record the second half of the service, but you do uh, get that. You can access it by going to the video archive link on our live stream page of our westerwin.com website or our uh, West Irwin Facebook Live page, and I am also going to provide a link for that uh, immediately following this uh, live broadcast of, uh, of the first part of the sermon. Um, I, uh, I, the recording starts on our website with, uh, the, it, with my sermon in progress, and then you get the, uh, the invitation song and the closing song and the closing prayer led by uh, uh, James Sublet, who did a marvelous job with that prayer. Um, and so I, I did want to share a few things about the sermon. Uh, the sermon was on obedience um, based on the line from Jesus' prayer. I'm doing a series on the Lord's Prayer, and we were at Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So with the, uh, with the internet problems, I can only assume that it is a conspiracy because who wants to hear uh, a sermon on obedience and who wants to be told that they need to obey the will of God and the commandments of Christ. No one wants to hear that. So I'm just thinking it was a conspiracy and I'm sure that uh, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram will immediately begin to find the answers to that and figure out exactly who's uh, responsible and uh, bring them to justice, um, no doubt. Uh, but here is a little bit of a, of a, of a summary. Again, I'm uh, going through on Sunday mornings uh, the Lord's Prayer, and I've shared a little bit about that, especially in the first uh, message, about why we should do that. As Jesus prays, thy kingdom come, we know the kingdom is the church, and we know that that happened in Acts chapter 2, uh, in around 30 of the common era, A.D. 30. Um, but we also know that that kingdom comes whenever someone comes to know Christ, or to know him better. And so I think it's very much appropriate for us to pray uh, this prayer, including that statement, thy kingdom come, praying that he will come into the hearts of more and more people and doing what we can to help make that uh, happen. Um, of course, uh, when uh, the gospel writers record uh, this and write down this uh, message from Jesus, including the Lord's Prayer, the church has been around for a couple of decades or more, and they're writing to the church, and they include that uh, as part of the teaching of Jesus Christ. And Jesus teaches us to persevere in prayer with parables and with teaching. And so I think it's very important for us to take a close look at this prayer and, um, and, and be able to, uh, to pray it, but to pray it genuinely from the heart. And I think you can do that no matter how many times you pray it. So on Sunday mornings, I've been going through statement by statement uh, of this uh, great uh, model prayer that we call the Lord's Prayer. And this past Sunday was the line, thy will be done on earth as it is um, in heaven, taken from Matthew 6, uh, verse 10. And the emphasis is upon thy, thy will be done. 
uh, which is the first blank in the sermon outline and was not included in the recording uh, that perhaps you have listened to or will listen to uh, here in a little bit. Um, the emphasis is upon thy. Thy will be done, not mine, but thy will. Um, the second blank in the sermon outline, also not on the recording, uh, is the word brave. That's because the prayer, thy will be done, is a very brave prayer. I think we say those words and we don't really think about how brave that is. To look to God and to tell God, here's what I want, Lord, but thy will be done. Whatever that is, even if it's something that is different from what I'm asking, even if it's the exact opposite. It's a brave prayer to pray for your family. It's a brave prayer to to pray for our nation, uh, especially right now and with uh, the pandemic going on with this crazy campaign and election year, um, everything we leave to the throne of God. And we pray, thy will be done. Uh, we share with God our concerns and our fears and our hopes, but in the end, we pray with Jesus, thy will uh, be done and know that uh, we can be okay with that, uh, whatever God's will is. That's a very brave uh, prayer. It's a very brave prayer. It is the prayer that Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. And remember, after he prayed that prayer, let this cup pass from me, nevertheless, not my will but yours be done. Um, God's answer to him was no. God's answer to his own son was no, because it was not his will. And yet the Son of God himself was willing to accept that and prayed that prayer and lived that prayer, thy will be done. That part is covered later in the sermon and is also included in the broadcast and the recording. Uh, and the two points are basically these. Jesus commanded obedience and Jesus lived obediently. We sometimes forget that Jesus... Um, was one who came to do the will of the Father, as the book of Hebrews says, and that he uh, was willing to do everything that that meant and calls on us to do the same. And when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you are struck by how serious Jesus takes doing the will of the Father and how serious Jesus takes his disciples obeying his commands and doing what he Says. I hope you'll take a look at the recording, uh, which does capture most of my sermon. Um, but to say that Jesus commands obedience, however, is not a popular notion these days. I was reminded of this again when I saw a preacher's message on Twitter a couple of weeks ago uh, on what has traditionally been called the parable of the sower. This minister was uh, uh, commenting on the purpose of that parable and the point of that parable. The, what we call the parable of the sower. Remember that parable, the sower goes out to sow the seed, sows it on uh, the path where uh, it is immediately taken away, sows it in the rocks where it doesn't have any kind of foundation or root, and so the first time uh, trouble comes, it can't stay. Uh, sows it among the thorns where it gets choked out by all the worldliness around it, and then sows it on good seed. Well, as this minister was commenting on that, he said this, In the parable of the sower, the focus is not on how good your soil is, 
but how bad a sower Jesus is, quote unquote, and calls his disciples to be. Life comes from the generous. Uh, not, some might judge foolish propensity of God to sow grace everywhere, even on unprepared, unyielding soil. Well, I agree with him as far as the fact that God is generous with his grace. I believe that, and I'm so thankful for it. And that he tosses the seed of his word everywhere and that he wants us to do the same. I agree with all of that. That is certainly true. But I disagree with him that this is the Lord's focus in this particular teaching. I don't think that's the point of Jesus' parable, the parable of the sower, as we have called it. That's just not Jesus' point. It is true. It's just not his point. It's not his emphasis. His point is not the sower, whether that sower is God himself or us. His, so, his point is not the seed, which is described as the word of God uh, in the Gospels. I believe the point actually is how good your soil is. I think that is his point entirely, and so I disagree completely. Uh, with the writer who said that wasn't Jesus' point. I believe that is exactly his point in the parable, how good your soil is. Through the parable, Jesus calls each of us to ask ourselves, what kind of soil am I? How well do I receive the word of God? I think that is exactly Jesus' point, and I think it does matter to him what kind of soil we are. The parable may have other applications and does, but it should be more accurately called the parable of the soils because I really think that's the emphasis. But you see, it's much less threatening, much less divisive to focus on the generosity of the grace of God than it is to say that Jesus commands you to accept and obey his word, that Jesus expects you to be good soil. That's just not a very popular message in our world today. There are many, many examples in Scripture where Jesus and the inspired writers of the New Testament call on people to be obedient. This year, I'm reading every month through uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels, as well as the book of Acts. I'm trying to read through each of those uh, one time each month. And reading through the Gospels that much, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John has reminded me and is really uh, demonstrated to me how important it was to Jesus that we do his will, that we obey his commands. Anyone who thinks that's not important has never read the Gospels, because I can tell you, having spent all of this year in them, it is everywhere in the Gospels. And if you want to be reminded of, of that, just read through them. Yes, he expresses great mercy and grace towards all, and aren't we thankful for that? But that doesn't mean that he doesn't expect his disciples and his followers to obey his commandments. Because clearly, when you read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you are struck by how important obedience is to Jesus. Um, I won't repeat the ones that are in the sermon uh, that I have linked in the rest of the sermon uh, that actually made the broadcast and the recording. I hope and pray that you'll watch that or listen to it on our Apple Podcasts that's also on our website, and that you will consider those things um, very thoughtfully, very prayerfully. There are many others than just the ones I listed in the sermon, including this one from Luke 11, uh, 
verses 27 through 28. As Jesus was saying these things, a woman in the crowd called out, Blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. Jesus replied, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Or this one, John 12, 47 and 48. If anyone hears my words but does not keep them, I do not judge that person, for I did not come to judge the world but to save the world. There is a judge for the one who rejects me and does not accept my words. The very words I have spoken will condemn them at the last day. Or this one, John 13, verse 17. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. The Gospels are filled with similar statements from Jesus. Of course, our obedience will be imperfect. Yes, that is true. And our salvation will be dependent upon the love and grace of God. I believe that firmly. Uh, though we seek to obey his will and his commandments, we do that imperfectly, but we can do that genuinely and sincerely and faithfully. Though we do it imperfectly and though we are saved by the grace of God through the response of faith in Jesus Christ, that doesn't change the call of Christ our Lord to be obedient. As the old hymn says, to trust and obey. To pray the prayer, thy will be done, and really mean it, is to be willing to sacrifice my will for thy will. And that's not a popular message today. The prayer of our culture is this, may my will be done. Oh, I'll give lip service to you, Jesus, but I really won't try to understand what your will is because I know you just want me to be happy. So I don't really need to know what your will is. I just need to ask myself, what do I want? What do I like? What is my will? What will make me happy at this particular moment in my life? And do that, because that's what really matters. What you want and what your word says is not what's important. It's what I want and what I like. May my will be done. And you'll understand. That is all you really care about after all, isn't it? My will, not yours. If we were to be really honest, many in our culture in 21st century America would have to be able to say, yeah, practically, honestly, that's, that's pretty much my prayer because that's pretty much how I live my life. To pray the prayer, thy will, be done and really mean it is to commit to being good soil to pray the prayer thy will be done and really mean it is to seek with all our energy to find out what god's will is to go to the only place where we can find the inspired authoritative word of god we do this by reading and considering and applying the teaching of scripture the teaching of the bible and then to seek to live that way. Imperfectly, humbly, of course, of course, but genuinely, sincerely, faithfully, being saved by the grace and mercy of God and sacrifice of Jesus Christ does not give us permission to abandon the will of the Father and to be ignorant of or even outright reject the teachings and the commandments of Jesus Christ.
Why? Because we believe that God is the creator and that the Bible is his word and that Jesus is not just Savior, but he is Lord and Master as well. And so following the command and example of our Savior and Lord, we pray this very brave prayer. May thy will be done, not mine, on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.